Good to know. This is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Twenty years ago, these movies hit cinema. Some straight to D- VHS, possibly DVD. I think it was DVD at the time, but there were still some VHSs. We're going to talk about some of those movies here tonight. Some of these I don't even know how it got made. To be honest with you, some of these are bad. Some of you guys don't know what good taste are. Some of you guys did really well. Welcome back to your list, sucks. Um, by the way, um, I need lists for athletes next week. Talking about best athletes, favorite athletes. I don't care. Something from sports. If I don't, guess what? You're going to see me on the Facebook post saying, hey, who wants to talk about a 92 movie? Because no one in this community, people love talking about these. Some, a lot of people like being on the show, but no one likes sending me a list unless you're Jack Finton. Also, um, I'm going through the past episodes of stats to find out like who has the most wins and stuff like that on the show. Let me tell you, I miss hour and a half shows back then. We only did an hour and a half back then. What happened to us? Coho made it worse. Oh, yeah. Submit list for those two. Cool. Uh, Matt, you're on the show tonight. You've never been on the show with me as the host of this show, which is crazy. It's my fifth so you've time. Never been, so you've <laughs> never been yelled at by me. So now it gets to happen <laughs> live. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Looking forward. It's going to be a lot of fun until I... Start crying. Fair. I hope big, big tears. Uh, next, we got Jack. Jack, like hockey. Why? Uh, because I grew up with my dad as my dad, and we're a big Oilers family. So, yeah, played hockey as a yeah, kid. I don't even know where that team is from. But anyways, yeah. how do you think you're going to do tonight, Jack? Uh, they're from Edmonton, and I hope I, I hope they do well but tonight, but I hope I do better. Have they won a Stanley Cup in the last 20 years? Uh, No. Last time we made the final was 06. Sounds like like a lot of disappointment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Got (laughs) it! Kind of sucks. Next, we got Mark. A little pick behind the scenes. Uh, Mark tried to change his list last minute, and that's a a cardinal sin. That's a cardinal sin. Um, And what that movie that you tried to add? It may happen to you. Check out in seven days, see if it changes. Uh, how are you going to do tonight? Uh, you, you know, I think it'll be okay. You know, in some of these cases, I understand you want to air your grievances. Although, if you don't say anything, it's like it never happened. Because if you look on your message, it definitely never happened. Nothing was sent. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you did unsend. Like people unsend in, uh, in uh, war zone green rooms when they deliver strengths. Next, we got Bowman. Probably my arch enemy in all life like i work with him daily um how are you doing tonight are you gonna win uh here's the thing i don't know if i'm gonna win but i always do better when there's just 
you know, uh, a trash fire on the call with me. And thank you, Jack Pinchuk, for being uh, the, the trash fire of takes tonight. Adelaide Spence could not make it, so you're, you're the next best option. So 2002, interesting yeah. year. There's a lot of good, but then that popularity or whatever just falls off a flipping cliff. Like, I noticed, like, they have some heavy hitters at the top, but the bottom, I'm going to fight my son right now. He's imitating me, and that is an absolute no-no. Um, Emotional damage. <laughs> yeah, some damage. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what you guys think. I think there's a lot of popular ones, but some of you guys did not just pick all the popular movies. Do you want to see your son's birthday? Walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already getting scared because it looks like you're looking at me. <laughs> nah, we'll see. Um, Matt, uh, how the show works, everybody brings in a top 10 list. You go 10 through 8, 7 through 4, 3 through 1. Um, I'm also enacting, we're really tired of three-hour shows, me and Coho. So we're basically, if I'm bored with what you're saying and you're talking about stuff I really don't care about, I'm just going to stop it and say, next. Or he'll play it back. I thought you said you had a new one. That's not the old one. Shut up, bitch. Even better. Even better. That was by far my favorite part for something different. When he's like, producer man, don't fall asleep. And you played that. No, because uh, I've been there, done that. All right. First up is Matt. 10, 9, 8. Let's talk about it. All right. So for my number 10, I have Gangs of New York. My number nine, I have Kung Pao Enter the Fist. And number eight, I have The Sultan Sea. So we'll start off with uh, number 10, uh, Gangs of New York. Uh, Anybody else have Gangs of New York? New York? I thought somebody else did. Maybe not. Okay. That might have been another person. You're good. Okay. So, yeah, this is a Martin Scorsese film. Uh, it's not a great movie, but Daniel Day-Lewis is so amazing in it that I just had to put it on my list. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the thing about this movie is that the first, like, 10 or 15 minutes of it with, like, the battle of Liam Neeson and Daniel Day-Lewis, I just want, like, a whole two-hour movie that leads up and ends with that first 15 minutes. That's how great that is. And then, um, but I mean, like, Leonardo DiCaprio is okay. John C. Riley's uh, pretty good in it, and uh, Brennan Gleeson is really good. Uh, but it really, uh, yeah, it, it, it's 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 good. It's Martin Scorsese. It's not going to be horrible. That's, but it's, it's low on the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis, though, he, he should have got the Oscar. So that's that's why. <laughs> uh, number nine, uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Now this movie could have easily been my number one, but uh, I know Cody's going to yell at me already, and I didn't want to die, so. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, Steve Odenkirk uh, took an old uh, kung fu movie and kind of redubbed all the dialogue and kind of used CGI to put himself in the film along with a whole bunch of other stuff. And it is probably one of the silliest films ever made by not the Monty Python. So of course I'm going to love it. <laughs> I mean, it starts off with a baby being chucked down a mountain only to be saved by a woman who then chucks it down the mountain again. <laughs> so if, if you're not sold on that, then uh, it's not the movie for you. But uh, I love it, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and uh, my number eight, The Salt and Sea. 
uh, before DJ Caruso made the masterpiece that is Disturbia, he directed this film. It uh, stars Val Kilmer. It's kind of like a neo-noir film. He plays a, a meth head who's kind of working with as an informant with some cops, but then there's kind of more to it than that. You get Vincent D'Onofrio playing a creepy drug dealer who has a uh, fake nose because of all the drugs that he's doing. They call him Pooh Bear. He like talks with like a wheeze because of the fake nose. And there, there's just so many. Uh, I remember some of the comedic tangents the movie goes off on. There's like an Ocean's Eleven style heist about stealing Bob Hope's stool sample to sell on eBay. <laughs> there is a recreation of the JFK assassination with pigeons. <laughs> and a few other things, but it's a, uh, it's got a really lot of, there's a lot of really good uh, supporting actors in it too. Uh, Peter Skarsgård's in there. Um, uh, Luis Guzman, a couple other ones. This one, I will admit, I have not probably seen this since 2002. I probably watched it on HBO, but it, it had an impact on me. And I figured no one else would ever talk about it ever on this show. So I figured I'd throw it a bone. Okay. So, uh, Gangs of New York, I love and hate this movie at the same time. Like, there are so much good in this movie, but there is also so much bad in this movie. Um, um, I think I, I watched a movie. We'll talk about it at some point, probably tonight. That I would give probably him the Oscar of the nominees that year, but I think there's a close second, or they're like fifty-fifty in my head at this point. Uh, maybe on more rewatches, it may change that. But right now, he's so good. He mm. is so good as Bill the Butcher. Like there is no question about it. He makes that movie. But I've always said there's a part at an hour ten to an hour like 50 of that movie, if you delete that from the film, this is a five-star film running all cylinders because that's the scene, those are basically the scenes with Leo and Cameron Diaz are hanging out for majority of that time and you want to ram your head through a wall. Uh, Number nine, listen, I started this film again. I watched this when I was younger, Kung Pao Into the Fist. I watched this when I was younger. Hated it then. I got about 32 minutes in and I said, you know what? It is what it is going to be. It is not a me movie. I'm not watching this. I'm not wasting my time. I'm not even going to log it. I'm not going to waste the time to log the film. This is just an absolute not me movie. Uh, When you said Monty Python, I hate Monty Python. So guess what? The B version of Monty Python, I'd rather never attempt to watch that. Um, If I ever have to hear Bob Hope and Stool Sample in the chat, that's Um, I love that Bob Hope, yes. (laughs) um, It was me who wrote it. (laughs) I know you did. Believe me. Um, Okay, your next one. I told Matt, I said, I guarantee there's a movie on your list that you have not seen since 2002. And it's this movie right here. I saw this movie and I felt like I was on a flipping acid trip. This movie is wild. It goes in 17 different directions. Vincent D'Onofrio shows up at one point and doesn't have a nose. Like, has this thing. He's called Pooh Bear. It's wild. At one point, they're trying to um, pull out his um, his dick and feed it to a badger at some point. I think I it's a badger. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know. Like, and he's like, and Vincent, and he's like, no, no, no. And Vincent D'Onofrio is going to help him, assist him in this part. And then they they take um, Machete, 
basically, uh, and put him in the situation why they eat lunch at the dinner table, why he is going through it. And he's like, it's great. Will you keep him quiet in there? Guaranteed you're not going to be able to keep him quiet. This was a wild ride. I don't know where to even rank this. I'm going to give it three stars because I didn't have a miserable time. It's half. A, a, a wild ride does not equal a bad ride. I just don't know. I wanted to get off the bus. What you described to me sounded awful. It's <laughs> like I described this as Midsommar almost. It's a horror. It's a it's a car wreck that I could not look away from, but I watched the entire thing and I never turned it off. So overall, fine success. Two and a half, three. I'll give you a three because Vincent D'Onofrio doesn't have a nose and he pulled it off perfectly. I wonder how much it was to CGI the nose off. Like, I think that cost a little bit of money, but they put this little plastic. piece of plastic thing over his nose. <laughs> it worked out perfectly. He takes it off at one point. Wild time. Yeah. Psycho Gorman is not better. I promise you that. Um, okay. Jack, go ahead. All right. Um, my number 10 is Treasure Planet. All right. Uh, nine is The Born Identity. And eight is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That's textbook pandering. All right, uh, Treasure Planet. This movie's great. Uh, uh, it, it is. Uh, I don't normally like really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in things. Like he he's fine in most things, but he's pretty good in this as uh, as Jim Hawkins. Uh, I I love the re relationship between. And and uh, between Jim and Silver, I think that's uh, very well done in this movie. I, I love the how they took this story by uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, made it like a almost like a space epic, and, and it, it it's great. Uh, I have a really great time with this every time I see it. Uh, my number nine is The Born Identity. Talk about just a really fun action uh, action film with a actually a really solid performance from. Uh, from Matt Damon as Jason Bourne, as, as this guy who doesn't know who he is and is, is just kind of trying to figure out his way through the movie. It, it's a fantastic, that stair, uh, believe it's in the, uh, believe it's in this one, the stair, the stairway uh, action sequence is just so good. Uh, I, I really love it. And um, yeah. And then Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Talk about a movie that gets way too much hate. Uh, people call this the worst of the wizarding world. It's not, uh, not even close. There are at least two worse than it. Uh, but, uh, this movie's, uh, scared me a lot as a kid. Uh, now I know what I'm doing for that, for the video store challenge, but, uh, this movie scared me as a kid, mostly because spiders, uh, and, uh, that, that was basically it. Uh, but no, great. It, it, it's really fun. Uh, I love love everything set in the wizarding world for the most part uh i think dumbledore is great in this one uh mostly because he's played by richard harris and i i love richard harris's dumbledore like feels like he was taken straight out of the book uh yeah no this is a very good movie my favorite thing is when two people are logged into the 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 multiplex account of here, and they both have different opinions. So it sounds like we're insane. Uh, okay, uh, did you say that John? Did you say that Silver and Hawkins like you like the relationship between the two of them together? Yeah. 
it's really fucked up how they are having such a great time together because do you know at the beginning of the movie when that guy like crash lands on the thing and he gets close and he doesn't say anything but grunts a lot and then looks really close to him and goes don't trust the cyborg is there an edited scene where he gets hit in the head and forgets the the message of trusting the cyborg because what does jim hawkins do the moment he meets a cyborg he becomes friends with him stupidity across the board and then he's bad i'm shocked this movie is like the most b-level movie of an anime like this is like black cauldron dinosaur like disney just didn't care planes didn't care did not care i saw planes with my kid honestly had a little bit more fun with it than treasure planet treasure planet is boring it's an adventure film i think where it boils down to it treasure planet's just treasure island or whatever the story is just not an interesting story it's i don't like the story overall i think that's the major part and you try to help it with like the visuals and space and it makes it dumber so i'm not a fan of it you put it at 10 eh. but overall my kid my daughter hated it so that helps me she has better taste than you jack uh, you're nine. That's not saying much. <laughs> well, she loves Encanto, and that movie was brilliant. Um, so, Born Identity. I think the best thing about Born Identity that it gave us Born Ultimatum. Um, that's by far the best Born. I love the third Born. Shut up. I will ban you from the call already if you're going to shake your head. Born Identity is a good film. It's good. I like it enough. It sets up the world where it is. But Born Ultimatum is the by far the superior Born. Like, no question. This walked so Born Ultimatum could run. Like, if we're being honest. And, oh my god, Jason Bourne. That doesn't come to the third one. Just letting you know. Um, but yeah, it's fine. I like it. I, 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 I'm going to go back to it. I wasn't going to watch it because I've seen it enough times. But yeah, the first, and I think it's a very interesting story. Um, and I think it's set up a lot of stuff to follow from the 2000s, especially with action that they were able to achieve in this movie. Um, and then your nine, what was your nine? I don't remember. Oh, quality Harry Potter here. Um, I just did a whole rewatch. I don't really believe there's a real bad one, like bad Harry Potter overall. I, if you enjoy the story and characters, I think you'll enjoy all of them. I just, um, even the first one, I'm a little harsh on just because they're. They're kid actors, obviously, but I think it's like a lot of like liquid, like sugar, like in a toothache. Like it's oh, it's all sweet and happy. I'm, I'm done with it. This one gets dark and creepy, and it has one of the best Harry Potter characters. Lockhart is by far top ten uh, Wizarding World characters. I absolutely love him. He was able to trick. He's one of the smartest too. He's able to trick everybody that he actually knows magic and he doesn't know anything. It's fantastic. Um. I think it gets way too much hate. It's better than Goblet of Fire. I've said it here. Um, and uh, I'll stand by it. That one's just Wizard Hunger Games. Uh, bring my body back. Um, uh, all right, Mark, where you at? All right. Oh, hey, read, read, read your first list, not your second list. Okay? Oh, yeah, I got you. No, it's not here. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, right. It doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. You're right. uh, number 10 is 28 Days Later. Um, number nine is Minority Report. Yikes. Okay. And my number eight is About a Boy. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, 20 Days Later. I mean, I feel like 
I mean, I think people kind of go back and forth for what restarted the zombie trend. <laughs> I think we can more. I think everybody can more or less kind of agree that it was more or less 20, 20 days later. It kind of re-sparked at least this fuel of like kind of infection-based horror movies. And as a, as a whole, I think it's what 20 Days Later is really good is just keeping it simple. Like it doesn't really try to be too much. It doesn't really try to overstep its boundaries. It's just here's bare survival story kind of how this guy is searching through the morality of it all and we're kind of in and out and you know we're we're more or less good and in that i think danny boyle in itself making a kind of a simple movie inadvertently i think maybe one of his better ones the cinematography in itself like is one thing in just re-watching it maybe doesn't quite hold up just because it just looks pretty cheap but as a whole like it's just a really solid survival movie uh minor report checks and about a boy, about a boy is about a boy is probably one of those movies that is like you can kind of classify as a good anytime movie. It's just your, you know, if I'm feeling kind of shitty, I'll put on about a boy. Like it, it's just one that just kind of warms your heart, and and it's in itself like in a place where like Hugh Grant is being like his best, like early Hugh Grant. I feel like early Hugh Grant can be kind of spotty. You just kind of look back at kind of the, the stuff he was doing, like 90s of like 2000s stuff. But like this one, I, I just love the character that he plays of a guy like who's just a total piece of shit. And he makes no, he has no illusions that no, no, I'm a total piece of shit. Like in the scene, like where he's they ask him to be the godparent, like, no, like I'm a terrible choice. Like, why would you ask me that? That's stupid. But no, and then just. Very solid one, and also not afraid to like go into kind of some deep stuff with like the suicide stuff. But yeah, about a boy's uh, a plus. Uh, Twenty eight days later it was such a weird experience for me. So I didn't love it. I saw it when I was about probably twenty years ago, uh, maybe a little bit less. But um, when it goes, it's kind of like this adrenaline. Like once you're going and you're freaking out because it's freaky and then it slows for so long so like puts you half asleep and then it goes again it's like this weird jump and i'm just like dude i'm done like i'm done i'm ready for this to be over the ending's like four hours like it takes so long to get to the ending at some point like it just like and it's not that long of a movie it just felt like a trap at some point um didn't love it didn't hate it but in the middle of the road um, I both three stars, but Salton Sea is more of a wild ride, and that doesn't happen. <laughs> kind of crazy. Uh, your next one was uh, this, no, that was skipped. Um, your next one was uh, about a boy. This is this is weird. <laughs> this is a weird choice from you. I just didn't expect it. I didn't even know this movie existed. I watched it. I had fun with it. Um, has some of my favorite thing in movies: a good voiceover. The voiceover is always good. Hugh Grant does a really good voiceover throughout the movie and stuff. I do laugh when he's like, "Don't you be a godparent?" What a terrible choice is that? No, you can find literally anybody. I'd probably. And then he like goes even like further. He's like, "I'll raise, I'll do this thing, and then I'll probably try to get with it." And you're like, "What?" Like wild. Like it's crazy where he goes, but he just points out like this would be a terrible choice. Um, yeah, I didn't have a terrible idea there. Who's the kid? Who's the kid in that movie? Nicholas Holt. Yep. He just has the most punchable face as a child. Like, he doesn't do anything wrong. 
kind of reminds me of Boatman a little bit, but I just wanted to hit him. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's why he's punchable to you, Cody. I think I'm going to make a list on Letterboxd of the most punchable, like, faces in Hollywood. And that he'll be on there. I definitely want to hit him. Timothy, um, yeah. Didn't have a terrible time. What? Oh, most punchable face, Timothy, what's his name? From Chalamet? Chalamet? Yeah. Shut up, bitch! <laughs> you play a movie and you don't know Timothy Chalamet's last name? Uh, Shut up, bitch! I I'm think tired. you're just bringing up Chalamet. I don't think he like. I don't think Coho likes Chalamet. Okay, um, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, Bowman, talk. Okay. Uh, my number 10 is Changing Lanes. Okay. Uh, my number nine is a film that I will say I find my uh, my nine is Road to Perdition. Yikes. And, yikes. And my eight is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. All right. Changing Lanes. This is a movie that uh, I, I isn't necessarily like my 10th favorite movie of 2002, but I think it's one of the most like interesting kind of forgotten movies of 2002 that I wanted to bring up just to talk about it. Cause I I'm really intrigued by this movie. I think it has flaws, but I think the stuff that's really good is essentially just this kind of battle, this slowly escalating battle of psychological revenge between Ben Affleck and Samuel Jackson. Like, that's what this is. This isn't them coming at each other, right, with, like, guns or what, or fists or whatever. No. This is just enacting little pieces of psychological warfare. And that's really fascinating for this type of thriller. And it's great. All the actors in this are giving top-notch performances. You can tell this is kind of 2002. It's, it's very kind of music video editing. and But overall... I like this one. I think it's good. Uh, my eight is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Uh, look, Sam Rockwell. Like, let's just get that out of the way. This is Sam Rockwell, so of course I picked it. Also Charlie Kaufman, so of course I picked it. Um, but I, I really like this take on a biopic where you're absolutely taking this dude who was, like, partially full of shit and, like, made up half of his life story. And, you know what? Let's just do it. And let's have a good time with it. And I think that's great. Uh, Sam Rockwell's phenomenal in this. Uh, he he kind of has to... He has a tough role. Because he has to be, like, likable game show host. While also being somebody who you're kind of, like, a little put off by. But not to the point where you still don't like the character. And I think that's a tough role. And I think he pulls it off. I think this movie gets very funny. I like the actual true story stuff of actual, like, Chuck Barris a lot. And I think Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore is really good in this movie. And I don't say that about Drew Barrymore a lot. So, yeah. Uh, fantastic film. Fantastic. Well, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Um, change the lanes. Don't leave the scene of an accident. The message is don't do it. Just don't, you know, just trade all your information, show up late, do it later. Um, I side with Samuel L. Jackson. If everything yeah. happened to him, what happened? Jack, you okay? I just thought like, yep. you like, 
Your soul left your body. That's weird. Um, okay. Um, no, like he was late, lost everything basically, and all he wanted was a folder back. I would have pissed on it and you know threw it off a bridge. But apparently he, was... and then he got <laughs> he got bankrupt. This is a wild ride. The way they're they're able to do stuff is kind of crazy. Uh, um, uh, so kind of crazy. Um. I liked it. I had fun. I watched it with Mike and Boatman on call. It's the first time I've ever watched like one on the list with it. I kind of like that idea of like watching a movie if with somebody that actually put it on their list to see like their enjoyment of it. So it helped a little bit, but didn't like sway me in any way. Um, I said it's three and a half stars. I had fun with it. Um, it's it's definitely two thousand two. I always love when the graphics enter like the 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 credits and you're like, yeah, this is two thousand two. Shaky, just like graphics shooting across because they're you know, changing lanes. It's got to be cool. Um, the also, credits are basically the same font as the you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't <laughs> steal a person. I also still love that the tire comes off during this movie when he's right next to him and staring at him and then it falls off. I'm like, yep, that's, that's how automobiles work. Um, but yeah, fun time. Nine, was that yikes? Yikes. Right? Um, and number eight was I... Okay, confessions of a dangerous mind. Can can we confess something here, Bowman? You're in front of a peer that actually cares about you, loves you. Is this on your list because of the movie or how much Sam Rockwell's ass is in this movie? <laughs> There's a lot of Rockwell ass, like countless amounts of ass. That man is pantsless for a good a good majority of this film. Um, so a little worried about you, buddy, but it's okay. You're in a safe space. You can do what you gotta do. Huh. Uh, hold on. Um, so overall, I thought the movie was wild. Definitely 2002. Little out there, little over the place. Um, not hard to really follow, but just not my kind of like. It hit or miss. It was on for a little bit. I liked the the interesting. This was like when people say it falls in the biopic tropes. It does all the things like this. Um, I get that. This one does not. This one just doesn't allow to fall in those tropes. It's a little bit out there. So, not terrible. Uh, not my favorite thing I watched this week, but good. All right. We're entering the sevens. Everybody gets to yell at each other. This is going to be fun. Number seven, Matt. All right. My number seven, uh, sort of like almost a pseudo documentary of what it was like to live in 2002, uh, Jackass the Movie. <laughs> Now, I was a uh, junior in high school in 2002, and pretty much me and almost half my class at least probably went and saw this in the theater opening night, and it was probably one of my favorite experiences in a theater. It's just, uh, it's pretty much just nonstop little uh, little stunts and gags and stuff stitched together. Some of the greatest stuff, uh, they have golf cart uh, uh, bumper cars, they uh, annoy golfers with an air horn. Uh, they use a rental car as a demolition derby and then try to take it back to the uh, rental store place. <laughs> uh, someone puts a toy car inside of them so they can get the wonderful image of the x-ray and see the doctor's face. Uh, it's just a lot of great stuff. It's all just a whole bunch of friends just uh, hanging out together, having a good time. Um, yeah, it's a real uh, just craziness. There's the been about, I think, the fourth one just came out, so it's it's it has succeeded, I guess, going forward. But uh, yeah, this isn't the best of them, but it's a really good time. So, yeah, just something. Just I'm the right age. 
for this movie, these the series, this movie. To, it felt like I was doing something wrong when I was young to watch this on TV, like getting away with this stuff. I had some friends that attempted to do some of these things. I was not one of them. The golf scene will have, will if I had to rank top funniest scenes in my lifetime, that golf scene is like up there. The amount of tears I shed over them blowing the air horns as people as a bunch of just Midwest dads swing their golf clubs and how angry they get at them and throw the one that chucks the club at the end and they're losing it because how mad they're getting at it. It's just, it, it just works on this high level. I love jackass. I love all of them. I haven't seen the new one yet. I'm really mad that I haven't seen it yet, but I, I mean, I can see it at any point in time. It will still hit the same. I don't know if theater changes. Like, they did the 3D one, and I don't think that one went any higher on my list because it was in theater. But, uh, yeah, great time. The dude takes a shit in the middle of a department store, like the hardware store, and just sitting there talking or reading a magazine. Like, and they're like, what are you doing? Sorry. And then runs. Crazy. Um, and then the guy, yeah, he runs with the blow-up dolls out of the, the <laughs> when he rents the car. Right. <laughs> Everybody else on Jackass. Have not oh. seen it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, all good points about Jackass is great. I mean, I, I wish I remembered Jackass. I, I would have gladly put it on the list. I mean, it's it's comedy gold as far as I'm concerned. I mean, come on, just people getting hit in the nuts multiple times. It's a symphony. Come on. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's definitely the age thing. Me, Mark, and Matt are closer to the age level for this. So we know the through But what? I did watch the golf course scene. I'll back you up. I will oh. back you up. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, tears. I still, if I watch it to the, if I'm in a bad mood, that scene it will literally switch my mood. Hey, just play that next time when I yell at you bumming about anything. It'll change it. Um, anyways, uh, okay. I'll write that down. <laughs> Cody, watch the golf scene. All right, what's your six? Uh, my six is adaptation. Yikes. Five. All right, and my five is Orange County. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is another one you had to be there. <laughs> I love so this, when you this... say things that I said during the watching. <laughs> I mean, th this movie hit me at the right time because it's about somebody in his senior year trying to go off to college, and then I was pretty much about that same point. But this is before I said I wasn't going to college right away. But yeah, it's pretty much uh, Colin Hanks plays a kid his senior year, and through some mishaps with the uh, college applications he doesn't get into the college that he was trying to go to so he and uh, his friends try to go and change the people's minds to try to get him into the school and there's a whole bunch of really great supporting uh characters in it Catherine O'Hara plays his mother uh, Jack Black plays his brother and probably one of the best like zany Jack Black performances where it's really good supporting where he's not in it to the point where it gets too annoying and you wish he wasn't there anymore. So kind of comes in and out of it. Uh, Harold Ramis is in it for a little bit. Uh, Lily Tomlin, uh, Kevin Klein. There's just a whole bunch of uh, great people kind of every five or 10 minutes, there's going to another person to try to get him into the college. And it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. I, I can't defend it, but if I, I probably watched, I've probably seen this like 15 times. <laughs> so um, I will say, so Jack Black is on the poster, but he's basically like the sprinkle on the side, like barely in it at all. Just the right amount. <clears throat> this movie is not, It's not bad, but it's not great either. I literally watched this. I said, this probably hit really hard in 2002. Because mm-hmm. it feels really 2002. Mm-hmm. Like John Lithgow, isn't it? Yep. The, yep, yep. the dad. He's yep. the dad. <laughs> and uh, and he's just, the whole overall story, getting into Stanford, he's just not great as an actor. Like, if we're being honest, like, he did not get his dad's chops at all, like, when it came to, like, acting as <laughs> Hanks. He was just starting. Um, <laughs> right. Um, but he just... He plays that kind of character, but I never really connected fully with him. All the surrounding pieces are better than him, mm-hmm. which is rough when it's his story. And then the ending just pissed me off. I mean, that <laughs> did make me mad, but it's the typical, like, anybody, I did all this. I'm going to be here now. If I was Lifgow, I would have punched him in the face. He didn't want to be a writer anyways. He just put all that money into Stanford to get him to school. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to stay right here. Fuck, you're not. You're going to enjoy Stanford. Um, so, yeah, Orange County definitely had to be there a moment. Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Probably won't watch it really anymore. But I can see around that time, if you saw it, it definitely have a little bit different hit for everybody. Who has seen Orange County here? No, but apparently Jack Black is really good in it, so I'll watch it. <laughs> Is this what the OC is based off of? Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I saw it years ago. Uh, I mean, I like uh, it. It's fine. It's I think Jack Black before, like I think he became good Jack Black. And he kind of knew how to be himself, and he, he knew how to like better utilize himself in movies. Like I, it being in your top five is fucking wild, man. Like I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> what is your problem, Bo? What are you trying to do? Before he became good, High Fidelity <laughs> came out before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, okay, so what I say, man. Tropic Thunder is kind of he's like. In, he's yeah. in what? School of Rock. <laughs> okay, we, that's the one exception. The one exception. Like that's High it. Fidelity. Sure, High Fidelity was, a, but he was not. He didn't transform into Jack Black, where mm-hmm. he was in everything till post this movie of course so like i give you school of rock i like school of rock i'm not saying it's bad but i mark says a lot of crazy things so you just gotta roll with it that stash is beautiful okay uh what's your four uh my four is punch drunk love oh yikes or not yikes but i think i have it in the same angle i have it yeah i have it in the same range we'll just wait for you that's fine okay um you both talk about it then um, Jack, what's your seven? Uh, my seven is Christopher Nolan's Insomnia. This is a great crime thriller. Uh, Al Pacino giving possibly his like last great performance for like a fair few years. I might be wrong about that. I don't know 2000s Al Pacino that much, but he's great in this. Robin Williams uh, is in this movie, and he is phenomenal. Like, perfect in the movie. Uh, 
I, I, I like I I love Robin Williams as a comedic actor, but when he plays a dramatic role, I really really like it most of the time. Uh, I do love his comedic work though. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, this movie's just uh, it's an early Nolan movie that is like really good, and it uh, and it has a whole host of strong performances from everyone involved. Fantastic movie. Uh, Insomnia was a movie I watched for the first time last year. I uh, hadn't seen it before. Um, I'm a huge Williams fan. By the way, if you like him in serious roles, I'll change your mind. Uh, have you ever seen One Hour Photo? No, but I've heard he's creepy in that. Fucking terrifying, okay? <laughs> if you like him as Mrs. Doubtfire, don't watch that movie. It will change your opinion. Fucking weirdo. Um, but anyways... This movie, I think, is great. This is not mentioned up there in Nolan's, like, top tier. People suck the dick of Nolan when he talks about Interstellar and fucking Dunkirk. Insomnia is better than both those films, and I stand by it. Uh, I don't think you're wrong, Jack, with your last... I think this is probably Pacino's best performance in, like, the 2000... Like, till he gets to the Irishman, I don't think he has something that I'm not recalling off the top of my head. I mean... Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. On oh, maybe Ocean's Thirteen, but honestly, this is a better role uh, for him. But yeah, um, I love this. I love this movie. I think it's dark, twisted. It, it takes, it makes me panic at one point when he's like trying to like sneak into the house and they're, they're all pulling up and he's got to like try to figure out like to get out. Oh, because he's not supposed to be there at that moment. They have no idea. They just found the information, and you're like, then. And it actually does a really good job. It's crazy. Insomnia, I understand. But, like, the way you almost, as an audience member, feel, like, the fatigue that Pacino is literally going through as, because he's not sleeping, he's not doing it, you feel, like, deprived with him. It's kind of crazy how he makes you feel. I think this is, honestly, if you haven't seen this from Nolan, I think you should definitely check it out. Because I think, like, I haven't seen Memento yet. I know everybody tells me to go watch Memento, but I know like the stuff about Memento before I've seen it because I've been around this community enough. And Matt over here used Nolan enough times, so I know every little little things from Memento. But his early work is some of them like before he got you know a big hit. Um, everybody else on Insomnia. No, Insomnia is fantastic. Like Robin Williams is legitimately really scary in this. But he's not like they used the Robin Williams well because he's not supposed to be like terrifyingly psychopathically evil. He's supposed to be evil in the way where like you almost pity him for two seconds. Like it's a very tragic villain, and Williams kills it. Uh, the rest of the cast is great. Uh, I think this movie's editing, the way they slice in that one thing without telling you what it is. And how it comes back later is brilliant. No, I'll I'll say this. This is better than every Nolan movie to come out after Inception. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I can get behind that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, to me, this is maybe Nolan's most frustrating movie. Uh, I... I really like the performances. The everything you're saying about the performances is absolutely true. Al Pacino is really good in it. Robin Williams is really fucking good in this. But man, like there's you have to tell the story a certain way like when you already know like how the crime happened and like where 
we're like halfway through the movie. And like, to me, that just sucks out so much energy. And like, yeah, there's cool stuff in there, but man, like I'm just so disinterested, like kind of in the middle of the second act. And like, I have given this, like, listen, I use Nolan, I think as much as Matt down the stretch there, I had given this movie a ton of chances and man, like my mind just has not changed on that. And to me, like you saying, this is better than like stuff like Dunkirk. Like that's fucking insane to me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, I don't love it. It's not, it's definitely kind of like the middle of the road, Nolan, for me. He's definitely got way worse movies, I think. But and I, I agree, Robin Williams is fantastic in it. It's right before he took it up a little, maybe a step too far in a one hour photo as far as the creepiness factor. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's really good. I think it came out the same year. I think, yeah, I think so. Let's think this was like a I summer think one. One hour photo was 03. Yeah, I know they're around the same time. I don't do really shit, so I don't care. By the way, Mark, whatever happened season this season to last, next season, something's changed you. I think it's the video <laughs> store. They need to fucking stop, okay? Um, you're, you're a little bit more mouthy than you were before. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Insomnia's baby. Uh, okay, uh, what's your six? Uh, my six is 2002 Spider-Man. Only nope. one. No one else has this. Hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. We'll see if this that helps you or hurts you, everybody. <laughs> this movie is just great. Like th this is the like this is peak. Uh, like oh, well, almost peak two thousands comic book movies. Because uh, you've got Iron Spider Man two and Iron Man and all that above it. But this movie's great. Uh, Willem Dafoe is fantastic as Norman Osborn. Uh, I rewatched this movie before uh, while I was in quarantine before I saw No Way Home, and uh, I thought Tobey Maguire was not still not great, but like significantly better than I ever thought he was. Uh, I think that uh, I, I think well the effects with the skeletons and the in the explosion of the pumpkin bomb, well cheesy, but like I I, I love I love stuff like that. Feels very two thousands, uh, and I, I, I just I love everything about that. And uh, yeah, no, once again, uh, Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn, great, great villain. I hate that no way, no way home came out, and then everybody now has to like say, oh, Tony Garden, maybe I was a little too. Well, fuck yourselves. We don't want you in our camp. We were in by ourselves. We enjoyed the movies with him. Now your guys are all coming out because you see him do a great performance in No Way Home. And you're like, maybe fuck. Fuck you. Okay. Listen. It was an awkward fucking Spider-Man. We all get it, but he was my Spider-Man. He's great. And the reason no one else has this, go fuck yourselves. What are you doing? Willem Dafoe alone, top tier. Top tier. I love. I still. I've seen. It's now like rising on TikTok, which just annoys me. But it's just like. I built this. You know how much I sacrificed? Like, that's just like everything. I think it's great. I think he's the right kind of campiness. I watched more Sam Raimi like in the past few because I had to watch stuff for Jake last um, for movies for trivia. You can definitely tell like where his shot, like how he shoots stuff because he does like these wild shots just because I think he just likes to flip around the camera in different ways. 
I love Spider-Man. I like I said, No Way Home was like my second favorite. It's probably it's my number one because that movie is just it concluded my childhood and wrapped it up perfectly. I got to the conclusion of my of Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, everybody else that saw No Way Home and now thinks Tobey Maguire, shut up. We don't again. We don't want you in our camp. Go stay out of it. So everybody else, cool. two thousand two. I give you entire decade, entire year, and no one chooses Spider-Man besides Jack. Looks like maybe the Oilers didn't win you a championship, but you might win a YLS championship. So, well, what are we doing, people? What are we doing? Um, this was an instance where I was just so hyped up for this movie going in. I mean, it's Sam Raimi. It's a Spider-Man movie. And I just I just walked out of it disappointed. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, I will agree Willem Dafoe is a fantastic as Norman Osborn. But then they encase him in that horrible mask as the Green Goblin, and you pretty much lose all of the amazing facial expressions, which No Way Home has proved that he would have been so much better without that thing on as the Green Goblin. And uh, Toby just never really did it for me. And uh, what, Christina Dunst, I think it is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, it, I've, I've, I've had to watch it a few times since then for trivia and it's gotten a little bit better but it's just I, it's, this, this one just disappointed me and it's probably my fault I, I mean you know I will clear something up for just like a, a prior, like a, a faction made of my, I do like this movie I do like the first Spider-Man however I will say I do kind of look at the first Spider-Man movie in the same way I kind of see 89 Batman is now, stay with me here. Like it, it's a movie that I feel like did a lot for the comic book movie genre. Like it did so much for it, and I love the things that it did for it. However, there are many aspects about that movie that are dated as hell, and it it is tough to go back to watch it sometimes. Although I do, I still really like Tobey Maguire as Spider Man. I think he he's still great. There are. It's like a 75-25 of like Willem Dafoe in Green Goblin. I feel like this spider like in Spider-Man, it was like a good primer for what we got in No Way Home, where he perfected that performance. But I I mean it's it's kind of like it, I mean, listen, I know Cody is a, it, it's it was in there, it was in the mix, but it wasn't making the top. If you ever, and I mean ever, refer to Spider-Man 2002 compare it to batman 89 again i will literally end you on call i'm telling yeah, you yeah, right yeah. now batman 89 an abomination compared to spider-man 02 um go ahead bowman i think there are three types of comic book movies i think there's the dark and gritty comic book movie that basically wants to remove all the comic booky elements of it there's the kind of self-aware ironic take where they usually incorporate the silliness but they're winking at it and they're kind of making fun of it a little bit. Then there's the third and hardest to get right type of comic book movie which is the movie that plays it 120% sincere with all of the silliness included and that's Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Superman, I don't I can't even honestly think of any others. Like there are very few movies that go this sincere and are good. And Spider-Man the first Spider-Man is great. I'm not the biggest like comic book comic book guy, 
So that's why those sensibilities... I appreciate this movie more than I love it, but I can't deny that it's a great film. It's just not something that plays into my sensibilities necessarily, but it's a fantastic time. Like, it's really fun. Yeah, just not this, you know, Suicide Squad. The, the Suicide Squad, you know, the what comic book movies have been circling for decades. I clarified um, what I meant by that. No one cares. Like, yeah. Oh, no, play the clip. Play the clip. Play the clip. You're watching a movie. Play the clip. Why? Who are you? You're fired. <laughs> Those classic films. Why do I have you here? I told you to play the clip. 14. Which clip? Which clip? Shut up, bitch. <laughs> now it's late. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> Bowman was going on and on. It would have been a perfect time. But what are, what are you watching? I want you to come on. Show me, tell me what you're watching. What are you I'm watching? In front of a bullet and come Put it in the private chat. I was, I'm just, I'm, I'm watching a show. Uh, um, and I, I got, I trying to balance the audio. There's light in it. Off. That's all I'll say. What? He's watching about a boy. Um, but, all right. What's your, what's your, oh, Jack, you're doing well. You're doing well tonight. Good job. What is your next one? Uh, that didn't get any yikes, but this is for sure getting one from Boatman. It's Lilo and Stitch. Yikes. Yep. You like the movie? Okay. What's your next one? Uh, my number four is Road to Perdition. Uh, that is still yikes. Fair. All right. Okay, you don't get to talk anymore. Mark. All right. I'd be Go ahead. Sure. Tell us what's better than Spider-Man. Um, I'd be sh- uh, I'm pretty sure I'm not talking about these first couple. Uh, seven, Lilo and Stitch. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, six, Spirited Away. Yikes. There we go. Okay, now, uh, yeah, five, Super Troopers. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. oh, let's talk about data just not working. Just blah, blah, blah. Okay, go ahead. Tell me about your leader of coal. Continue. Listen, man. We want to talk about top tier comedies in the 2000s for me. Like, Super Troopers is it. I, like, listen, this movie for me is maybe one of, like, just the most quotable comedies, like, ever for me. I, like, especially, like, from these guys. I mean, I know. A lot of people here, the Broken Lizard crew is not their cup of tea, but man, like just in the sense of like kind of like just it, it's almost like these these guys are like they're scripted jackass. They're just like just a bunch of guys like just bullshitting with each other and then just kind of like shit shocking each other and like it is great. And I feel like in no movie of theirs, it's perfectly encapsulated as it is in Super Troopers, where it feels like, yeah, on some instances, like just on the eye shot. No, these guys kind of hate each other. But instead, you know, like they're best friends. And this is how they almost express like their 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 liking for each other. Maybe except for Farva. They clearly don't really like Farva at all. But I mean, come on, like Farva's hilarious. I mean, especially he's going after the burger guy. I mean, it's just A plus comedy. I mean, I mean, I. I I, I listen. I watch this movie today and still laugh my ass, ass off. Like I am, I don't think this movie's dated at all. But I'm, I'm, I'm about to be told why I'm wrong, so uh, I'm, I will be ready for it. Uh, you're the. Are you the youngest of your brothers? Yes. 
And they probably had a hand in you liking this movie more than what you should have liked it at the time. Um, what I will say. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, my, I had a friend on football that was our, one of our wide receivers, absolutely loved this movie and quote this movie daily in every aspect of his life. I couldn't go through a drive through with him without him saying, hey, can I get a liter of cola? And then the drive through person was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, funny. <laughs> um, he did it everywhere. So this movie, to say this movie burnt me out, <laughs> I like Beer Fest. More than this movie because of those life experience, that life experience with that guy. Um, Bobby's a douchebag, and I will always say that for that because he ruined this movie. Is there funny parts? Sure. Are there moments that get you? But when you when you grow up with, a, especially when you play football and you hang out with on weekends and you watch things on buses and trips, this is just this one's burnt. I will probably never watch this movie again because I can probably tell you exactly everything that happens in it. Like, I can quote it back to you. I've seen it so many times. So, yeah, not a cup of tea. Definitely did not rewatch it for this. I was not doing that. Um, but I, I get it from the time frame. But when you say of the de- of 2000s, come on. This couldn't even scratch the top 20 of the decade. Let's be real. Um, everybody else in Super Troopers, I know Boatman's a big fan. Cody, correct me if I'm wrong. Aggressively not a Boatman movie. You would have a miserable time. (laughs) Oh, if you're playing Boatman and Trivia and Anto plays both Super Troopers against him, it'll be miserable. You know, I'll watch it. So it might make Ready to Rumble look like an Academy Award winner. I haven't seen it. I'm shocked. Hey, Mark. Mark, what, what's that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the wall, mozzarella sticks? Oh, you mean shenanigans? Oh. <laughs> okay, Letterbox let me down because it has this listed as 2001. Otherwise, this would have definitely been on my list. So I'm kind of sad now, but yeah, everything you said is great. It's a fantastic movie, <laughs> especially if you watched it in 2002. <laughs> This moment that just happened between the two of you is my life growing up with two people in the backseat of it, like backseat of the bus. Like, eh? I hate my life right now. That was too crazy. All right. What's your four? Okay. Uh, my four. Uh, shit. What is it? There we go. Four is Catch Me If You Can. Yikes. Okay. That's what I thought. Dude, if Barr was on here and you tried to do a quote against Barr at that moment, Barr would have fucked it all up. It would have been the greatest moment ever. Uh, moment. My <laughs> seven. My seven is Punch Drunk Love. Oh, you have a seven. Matt, talk first. <laughs> I thought it was in the same spot. I thought four, four. Never. No. You, you talk oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Punch Drunk Love. So this is a uh, Paul Thomas Anderson film, so I know that uh, Cody loves it. Uh, it is definitely one of Adam Sandler's best performances. It's a really uh, nice, uh, sweet love story between uh, him and Emily Watson. <laughs> um, let's see. I, I love uh, pretty much. It's just I love all of it. It's one of my favorite uh, romance, romantic comedies, like you would call it. Uh, it's shot beautifully. The score is tremendous. Uh, it's got really good. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is amazing as a uh, scummy douchebag <laughs> i sent a coho a drop for it i don't know if he had a chance to put it in here but i wanted to give that to cody 
And uh, let me see uh, what else do they have on here. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a fantastic film. I'll, I'll, I'll let Bowen will be able to say more eloquently than me. No, I think what this movie is, is if you took the Adam Sandler character that you see in, like, the movies before this, and you took that character and you just placed him in a realistic environment where things actually go wrong for him and he doesn't have everything, like, work out in the end and everybody's happy. You place that character in a realistic environment and he is a miserable person with anger issues who has nothing going right. And I think that is what is so brilliant about this movie is that PTA knows how to use Sandler and kind of subvert his films and do it this way. I think the confrontation on the phone with Philip Seymour Hoffman just telling Sandler to shut the fuck up is great. I love that moment so much. Philip Seymour Hoffman steals this movie. Steals this movie. Fantastic. I love it. Wow. Um, I saw two people literally do something I've never seen done before and talk out of your own asses. Like, that's crazy. I watched this movie for the first time. Sandler is not ready for this film at all. Sandler is still stuck in the. I'm waiting for any point for him to go. Like the entire time, he's still stuck in that like laughy like. And I hate it. I hate the entire thing about it. I think his performance is bad throughout this movie. I thought it was. A, I thought it was the best part about this PTA movie that I haven't seen before. It was an hour and a half. Quick ride, because guess what? Even PTA couldn't stand around Sandler that long for a movie to make it through it all. I think he's bad in this movie. I think there's there's parts of this movie that are good. Philip Seymour Hoffman, but he is literally standing on standing in a film, like he's like a minor league baseball player playing in the biggest stage of the world and trying to swing it back. I think he's so out of place in this movie. Did not work. I think the overall story I don't care about. I just. I am so confused by the love for this movie. I went in with an open mind, watched it, never saw it. Everybody talked about it really good. I was the most confused after this. And people have this as like top tier PTA. Bro, there will be blood exist, okay? Let's be real. Like there are some there are some heavy hitters, then this one is bottom barrel for me. Not a great time. I'm sorry. Watch what you want, but Cool, that one scene. You can say the one scene is good, but guess what the one scene is? Because it's Philip Seymour Hoffman delivering it. That's the confusing part about this. Sandler's out of place. Totally out of place in this movie. Does not belong. Everybody else. Um, uh, everybody else on this movie. No one else had it. You guys are in better graces than the two that put it on the list. I haven't seen it, but I own the Criterion Blu-ray, so I'm going to be watching it shortly. You just bought the Criterion Blu-ray and you haven't seen the movie? I have been told by everyone who's seen the movie and talked to me about it that I would love this movie. This Jack. is... Jack would love this movie for the record. Well, it doesn't have Hugh Jackman in it, just to let you know. Well, no one is a heroin addict in this movie, for the record. Well, am I going to like it then? Am I going to rewatch it five times in a year? The best PTA movie? Time out. 
time spent time spent out right no out out time time them out i mean that, that's insanity yeah you're done that, so, is, that is a that is a shut up bitch he should stop working but my gosh but say that's the best i'm so confused um what mark that is a, that is a steep blind buy my friend man that, Put down like twenty big ones just for a movie he hadn't seen before. Shit. Good uh, I mean, I I've seen it. I mean, I do like it. I it's honestly like Ultra. <laughs> I do Cody. like. It. I mean, I like his like. I like PTA's love stories. Honestly, I think every time he does like a pseudo love story, like it's it's pretty good. I mean, I really like Licorice Pizza. Phantom Thread is a wild look at love love. It's one that just. I didn't really care for it the first time I watched it, and every time I watched since, like it just gets better. And hey, Todd, what the fuck? Oh, you just love the fabric movie that much? Tell me how much you love the score too. Why don't you be like the rest of the community and get down and suck on PTA? Are you kidding me? Do not bring Phantom Thread up in here. Phantom Thread is the equivalent of this movie. Garbage. Go ahead. It's fine. I, I I've seen it once. I haven't gone back to it. I mean. Jar Jar I think, I think every other time, like you know, Adam Sandler's done a dramatic performance, it is better than this one. I mean, I, I would, I would argue maybe like Rain, Rain Over Me, possibly Spanglish, better dramatic performance than this one. Rain over, me, Rain over Me, definitely. Sandler's best performance in a dramatic role is Uncut Gems. I mean, I didn't even want to bring up Uncut Gems because that one's obviously better. Okay, that like, one's not, yeah, and you you realize you realize why this is ten times better. He's because he's fit for that role. He's definitely not fit for this role. Spanglish? Oh my god! What are we doing here? What's the ne- what is your next one moment? I'm so done. Okay, my six is twenty fifth hour. Yikes. Mark was never under his protection with managing with me managing him. He's never he's tasted. I I him. feel like he hasn't gotten this much. Oh, right. he has. We've been on call separate together, and he's heard me go at him before. Fair. Uh, five is Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Yikes! And my Jack, really? Is it really that high? Go ahead. My four is adaptation. Now I had that at six. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, adaptation. Look, I'll fully admit, adaptation is not a movie for everyone. It is a completely weird meta filmmaking exercise, and it works for me. I partially because I really love the dynamic between Charlie and Donald Kaufman. I think that it's basically a movie that is essentially a debate about artistic integrity versus simplicity and popularity and watchability, right? And you can kind of tell that's kind of the internal debate that Charlie Kaufman is having with himself. Uh, I think the structure of this movie is brilliant. I think Nicolas Cage, in my opinion, this is his best performance of his entire career. Uh, I think legitimately the way he plays both these characters to the point where you still feel like believe it's believable that they are brothers, but they feel like such different personalities is so impressive. They they pull it off. I think he pulls it off tremendously. Brian Cox in this movie. Brian Cox 
his like two scenes when one where he just gets full rage and then the one where he gets kind of the redemptive arc of like win them in the end and you have a movie like and you have a film great Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper in this movie fantastic uh Meryl Streep I think is really good Chris Cooper Chris Cooper absolutely steals the scenes he's in I I think the moment when Charlie stops, starts talking to that tape recorder and we're back at the beginning again is such a brilliant piece of writing. I enjoy this film so much. Super smart Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, I uh, completely agree 100%. Uh, Charlie Kaufman and Donald Kaufman wrote a fantastic screenplay here. I really love where you can kind of tell like in the third act where Donald took over writing the script and it kind of comes up with the ending that Charlie couldn't come up with. And like, I agree completely about Nicolas Cage is fantastic as the twins where you, you, there's not a second where they on screen together, where you, you don't buy them as two completely different individuals. It's fantastic. Even when the, the scenes where Donald is pretending to be Charlie, you can tell that it's Donald pretending to be Charlie. <laughs> it's just all fantastic. And all the performances, Brian Cox is fantastic. Uh, Chris Cooper, definitely. I mean, honestly, I could have seen either one of those two going with the uh, Best Supporting Actor this year. But uh, Chris Cooper was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I wish Spike Jones would make more movies. This is just fantastic, and I want to see more movies like this. Sorry, my kid's screaming like a weirdo right there. Um, so I had my doubts about this movie. I really did. I was not looking forward to it. I've been told to watch it. Kaufman is not my director, I would say. Most people would probably tell me not to watch this stuff. This one worked. This one worked. Uh, pleasantly surprised. Um, I think Nicolas Cage is probably giving me one of his best performances I've ever seen. And I'm a, I'm a negative Cage fan unless it's like an action movie. Like I'm just I don't believe he's that great of an actor. Um, but this role kind of crazy that he didn't win. To be honest with you, um, well, one of the worst wins ever is in this year. He's garbage. Um, uh, he won for subject matter, not for uh, performance. Um, but um, overall, this him bouncing back between the two characters and how the 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 movie just keeps like developing into a different way and like how you described it when it switched like the writing and stuff and the where the film it just was a while where i'm actually looking forward to a rewatch and pick up more stuff that i didn't pick up the first time on it uh, but overall it was a great ride of all the movies recommended i think this is the my favorite that i saw for this week i think so yeah uh that's why i say daniel day lewis versus Cage, it's really close yeah. overall. I think Adaptation is probably a better movie versus Gangs of New York, but I think performance-wise, it's 50-50. But they're definitely both better than Adrian Brody. I will say that. That man deserves to split up his Oscar and send it to both of them. Um, but yeah, great choice. Everybody else on Adaptation? I haven't seen it. We're good Just to go. by the criterion. <laughs> Yeah, we're good to go. You haven't seen it? No. That's fair. You were like me um, two days ago. Uh, all right. Uh, are we to threes? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> shut the fuck up. We're booking. Uh, what's your three, Matt? 
Uh, my number three is Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Yikes. <laughs> uh, what's your next one? Um, uh, my three... Yeah. My three is Minority Report. Nice. Correct. Uh, this is Steven Spielberg's, uh, one of two Steven Spielberg movies this year. This is the lower one. Uh, this movie's great. Tom Cruise gives a great performance uh, in the lead role here. The uh, I talked about this movie on the uh, Mystery Thr Thrillers episode, uh, and that, that was uh, but it. It's fantastic. Uh, I think Spielberg... Uh, he can do basically any genre, but uh, uh, he's proven that. And uh, this is just a great uh, sci-fi uh, adventure movie. And uh, it's, uh, oh, and, oh shit, what's his name? Colin Farrell in this gives a great supporting performance. I uh, just forgot his name for a moment. But yeah, no, he's really good in it. Uh, I can't think of the actress that plays the main uh, precog. Samantha Morton. Yeah, she's great. Uh, she's solid in this. Um, yeah, no, very good movie. Uh, I real. I want to rewatch it soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had it at a. What have like a, I had it at nine. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I go a lot of stuff that Jack said. I mean, it is. Um, what I'll say, I really like the, I really like the world in Minority Report. Like it, it doesn't, it's not a super flashy future, but it feels like the future that we're eventually going to get to. Like if I had to guess what our world looks like, maybe like in 70 or so years, Minority Report, it's probably like on the level of what our world somewhat looks like. And there are. I mean, I, I, after watching it, I forget just how dark and haunting like some of the stuff in minority report is like like just kind of in stretches where like he he's walking around with Agatha in the mall and she's telling like all this like creepy stuff like to the people around there and how like and how we see the scene where like he loses his son like where it's just kind of like they're there one moment and then they're just gone like it just it, it's just a devastating scene but no i mean in especially in years whenever he just comes out with two movies, just kind of off the bat, like he Spielberg just kind of finds a way to nail a both. And minority report, I think is probably to me, minority reports, probably one of his more underrated films. It's, it's not one that people talk about as one of his best, but I mean, it, it's, it's up there. Oh uh, yeah. For me. Oh wait, no, I didn't know. Nope. <laughs> failed, to, failed to put it on there. Didn't you? Do you not have oh, yeah, I, I thought we were already in the talking about it part. I forgot Mark already had it too. Yeah. Uh, Minority Report's great. Like, I, I had to sit here for a second. It was like the second Spielberg movie, and I was like, what's the second one? Like, we did already, yikes, the other one. <laughs> um, but uh, I just love the world that, we, that was created in this. I think, Mark, you hit the nail on the head. I think it's not too far-fetched. I love the concept of this movie. I think Spielberg tackles the subject matter i think almost at this time period like with this like cycle lot like cycle i'm hold up one second good lord um uh minority reporters worked really well i always love the opening sequence too like when he's able to like jump through and they all like tackle and they're like i didn't do anything wrong it's like 
they stop the thing from happening. I think it's just so cool where it breaks down. It's a little out there for Spielberg overall, but uh, yeah, because I just think that like I know he's the blockbuster guy, but this is like out of up to that point, kind of out of his like kind of thing, like this big of a like sci-fi ish kind of thing that he does. Besides like Jurassic Park stuff, no, great choice. The other people didn't have Minority Report. What's wrong? Just don't like Cruise. Uh, as I told you, this was my 11, even though it's really my 10. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, no, this this is excellent. I kind of knew someone was going to probably have this, so I figured why not shut up Changing Lanes instead. Uh, but no, this this is like under maybe Spielberg's most underrated film at this point. Uh, and what, what Spielberg does, which is really brilliant, is he will research into what technology is like coming up and they are like actually close to developing and he'll incorporate that into his futuristic sci-fi films. And that's what he does in Minority Report. And that's why this movie actually kind of holds up because some of this stuff is exists now and didn't exist in 2002, like specifically the touchscreens, right? Like, you know, the touch screens were not a thing yet. And I think that's really brilliant. Um, yeah. Uh, my report's great and really interesting, like psychological, dis philosophical discussions underneath it. My favorite Philip K. Dick adaptation. Yeah, this, this is a really good movie. Uh, this is one of those Spielberg movies for me, though, that kind of overstays its welcome a little bit. And like maybe like the last 15 or 20 minutes kind of loses it, kind of drops it down a little bit for me. Uh, it's definitely one of the first times I remember actually seeing Colin Farrell and liking him. Uh, I always, the thing I always, this one always comes back to me is the Peter Stormare scene with the eyeballs and the refrigerator and all that mm -hmm. stuff. That's the old, that's the first thing I think of with this one. But yeah, it's really good. It's just, just not top 10 for me. It's no salt and sea. Oh, who? <laughs> what, Jack? I just want to shout out one more person. It's uh, Max von Sydow, Sydow, however you say his name. Uh, in this movie, he's great uh, in his uh, in his role. I don't want to say too much more. Who who put the Coho or you? Who put Cage, Nicholson, Day Lewis, and then Brody? Oh, that was Coho. That was not me. You're wrong. Absolutely wrong. No, Nicholson is not better than Day Lewis. Um, oh, you're also the one that thinks the father is that Anthony Hopkins is not giving a great performance in the father. Why don't you sit down? Um, and you and you also think Emma Stone can sing. These are crazy topics that you actually think are that exist. It's kind of weird. Um, Mark, what's your three? All right, I think that's where it stops. My number three is Road to Perdition. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I I know I have said this on the show multiple times, continue to do it. I am a sucker for a good dad-son story. And this is kind of like one that is, it's, it's one that is just kind of like a, like almost like a, I can't find a word like a neo version of that, just because it it is just so steeped in the crime realm, and it's also it's also the only movie I can think of on the top of my head where Tom Hanks is playing kind of a shitty guy. I mean, like it's weird. I think that's kind of you know 
I guess you know either people don't like to cast Tom Hanks as that, or Tom doesn't like to do that. But it's one where he's playing like he's just a genuinely terrible guy, and not only like he knows that he is. It, I just, I really like the road aspect of this. So they go on and like kind of do the, like the mob high stuff. Like that's really neat. I guess I know when you guys talked about this last week. Uh, Daniel Craig, it just got just a such a perfect performance for him at the time too. Just again, like just the biggest piece of shit ever. Like he is great and just one of just probably as good as uh, Paul Newman go out of just like a just a great performance. Like the kind of like uh, get a, like a little swan song to his career and just like I said, the father son aspects of this, especially especially like when you get to scenes where he's talking. He's talking to uh, is like a Tom Hanks is talking to to Tyler Oakland pretty much like you know why he's kind of asking him like I don't know like I just kind of felt like you didn't really like me and he, he's like well like you know like it was just different with you you were you know like me which is just a crazy fucking thing to hear, say to your kid at that time but no like Road to Perdition is great it's top tier comic book movie and it's one of those I think people often forget about that and they don't include it in that realm just because of that uh yeah this was my four and this movie's phenomenal tom hanks is giving one of my favorite performances of his in this in this film i think he's fantastic i i really like uh uh paul newman uh i believe uh he's just great and the scene in the rain uh the i i I'm glad it's you scene is brilliant. I, I, I love, I love that scene so much. The cinematography is fantastic. This, this has a great, like almost underrated score. Uh, and it, it's absolutely phenomenal. One of my favorites. Uh, yeah. Great comic book movie. Yeah. There's so much more I could say, but uh, let's go. Whoever had it next. Matt, did you have it? No. Okay, uh, it was my nine. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Paul Newman is phenomenal in this movie. He, I mean, I know this is a Caleb Boatman thing is to praise Paul Newman, but I think he's legitimately one of the best actors of all time, and I don't think most people would argue with that. Uh, I think that, you know, a lot of these, like, classically great actors of that era – once they got older, started to phone it in a little bit. Like Duval will sometimes phone it in. You know, sometimes Redford will phone it in. When uh, older Redford will and Duval will sometimes phone it in. Once they, they sometimes they just do the paycheck movies. Newman never phoned it in. Newman always gave a hundred and ten percent. Excellent, excellent performance. And the movie looks beautiful. I mean, this is a gorgeous-looking movie. I'm usually not big on these movies that kind of have these very muted colors. But this movie just looks gorgeous. Jude Law is actually, like, kind of scary in this, which is weird because he's Jude Law. I think fantastic film. And great score. Great score. I mean, Jude Law did play the boogeyman himself. So he, he can be a pretty scary guy when he wants to be. Not really. Um. Uh, he, he, if, if I had to pick the if I had to pick a part, the weakest part probably is too long for this one. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I, I talked about it last week, and I, uh, I won't reiterate. I still love the scene. I'm glad it was you. I'm glad it was you. I think it's one of the best. Like this one, this one transcends like the fandom, like the geek relation movie. This is just overall great film. Um, it's made by top 100. I think it's absolutely perfect. I think Stanley Tucci is like one of my favorite parts of this movie, honestly, just because especially when Hanks like breaks down and just gives him everything that he needs to like listen, listen. Like you need to leave town. Like it's not gonna work. It's I'm already in with these. It's not working. Just go. And then the hunt for that. And then I think Jude Law plays fine character. I don't think he's bad, but overall he's he's literally in a deep ocean with a bunch of sharks at that point. I think he's I think he's just a hot mat. Like there's just so much star power in this movie. Um and I'm with you, Father Son will always be one of those movies for me. Um, father-son movies will always just work for me and especially with like a son that does everything to screw stuff up and he's got to basically fix it and then Hanks has got to establish an actual relationship with this son that he's pushed off for so long so it's crazy it's a really good movie it's made my top one and it's probably the best thing I had to do because of fandom so I'll always owe fandom Road to Perdition thanks for that um, uh, Matt why no Road to Perdition? I mean, it's a great movie. I pretty much agree with what everyone said here. It's just I, I mean, I, I already had a Tom Hanks one on here, so I figured, hey. <laughs> and a son. Yeah. <laughs> had both. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, boat. What's your three? My three is Spirited Away. No, no, this is. This is Miyazaki doing Alice in Wonderland, is what it is, right? It's this weird, it's this girl taken into this dark, weird world where there isn't really a plot, there's just a lot of stuff happening. And that doesn't work for everyone, and that's fair. Works for me. I think the imagery in this movie is, like, the animation's beautiful. Say what you will about this movie, don't say anything about the animation gorgeous looking movie. I'm sorry. It's absolutely a gore. Cody, if you're gonna talk crap about the animation, I'm sorry. You don't you don't have eyes. Uh gorgeous looking movie. Uh you know, I think that uh I, I think Chihiro is a really like likable main character because she feels like a normal kid and I think that's partially Devay Chase was able to really give great child characters voices. Uh, she does it again later this year. Uh, and yeah, I, I really like this film. I think it's just a beautiful looking movie and just really interesting characters. I like Haku. I like uh, everybody at the bathhouse. Great movie. You know, uh, weird thought. This was a really big year for DeVay Chase. I didn't even realize how big of a year this was for her. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, Spirit, Spirit Away is, it's great. I mean, it was it was the best thing that came came out of my Ghibli watch. It is, uh, it, it especially is one of the, like, especially kind of going through it is one that a lot of these movies were not necessarily my cup of tea, and I hit Spirit Away. I was kind of blown away by it. And, I mean, I've, I brought this point up before, but I think my favorite thing about Miyazaki is he does a really good job of bringing you into some really dark circumstances but kind of but still almost telling you this like in kind of like this childlike sentiment that you know on some end you think maybe 
he almost kind of tricks you to think maybe this will be okay if things just go kind of the right way. Like he, even in circumstances you think that should be hopeless, especially like when she's in this town and like her parents are gone and like, you don't know if they're going to get changed back. And like, she, like she is so screwed at that moment, but like it's told in such a way where you think, okay, maybe she plays it the right way. It'll, it'll be okay. And I, and in, in some stints where like this, this world goes really magical. Like, I feel like it's going to lose me. It never loses me. It just, it like, I mean, I fall in love with the world a lot. I almost kind of wish there was a sequel just because I just want to spend more time in that world. Um, so, uh, Ghibli's not my studio. <laughs> don't have fun with them. I don't enjoy them that much. I think their animation movies stay overstay their welcome. Um, I think a lot of them are longer. Um, I'm just going to say it. I'm not a fan of the animation style. Overall, I'm just not. It doesn't work for me. I just don't like the animation style of Ghibli movies. Um, I thought this movie was fine at best. Um, it never hooked me. It never got me any farther of wanting to, like, see a sequel or hang out there any longer um i understand why some people would have liked it i tried i mean you gotta think i hadn't seen this movie ever i've never seen it so it's 20 years of hearing how great this film is and then you watch it for the first time and it ain't as great as people say it is i'm sorry it's it's just the facts of it it's just where we're at in life okay guys um no one's shocked by my takes anymore. They know I'm a, uh, I'm harsh and whatever, but I don't care. Spirit Away, what did it beat at uh, the Oscars for Best Animated Feature? Did it beat Lilo and Stitch? It beat Lilo and Treasure Planet. It beat Treasure Planet, too. Something else. Okay, deserved to beat Treasure Planet. Did not deserve to beat Lilo and Stitch. That's all I'll say. Leland's such a better movie than Spirit Away. You heard it here first. Take that to the bank and cash it. Uh, everybody else on Spirit Away? Uh, yeah, uh, Ghibli's not my bag either. I've seen about four of them, and this was one of them. Uh, this movie's great. Uh, it just didn't make my 10. I'll look through your list again, but we'll go ahead. Nice. Um, okay. Twos. Matt. All right. My number two is 25th Hour. This is a uh, Spike Lee film uh, about a man, kind of his last day before he's about to go to prison for seven years for being a drug dealer. So it's kind of uh, him kind of settling up relationships with friends uh, and family. And it's a really a fantastic film. I think it's one of the uh, best films to kind of tackle 9-11 indirectly after 9-11. Um, let's see, the, the cast is amazing. Of course, Edward Norton, who's one of my favorite actors, is fantastic in it. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Barry Pepper, Rosario Dawson, Brian Cox. Uh, it's just amazing. It's got a lot of the signature uh, Spike Lee shots to it. It's also got a really uh, score that's not really like super in your face. It's just just, just the right amount um some really fantastic scenes there's of course the the one monologue with edward norton in the mirror just like 
saying F you to just about everyone in New York City before he turns it on himself as the one person he really hates for everything that's happened. And the uh, Brian Cox monologue at the very end of the film is just uh, one of my favorite scenes in uh, cinema. So yeah, great film. Somebody else have it? Ah, Bowman's music. Yeah, I think I was the only other person to have this. Uh, yeah, I I think this is great. This is a very different movie for Spike Lee. Uh, like, just like I feel like in tone, it's just it's very odd, but I like it a lot. I think he brings. I, I still think he brings that Spike Lee edge specifically during the FU New York scene. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that is like very, very Spike Lee. Um, but it's it's not, you know, I'm going full on Spike Lee. But I think there's a lot of great sequences in this movie. I think the shortened amount of time that this movie is set in really kind of enhances that feeling of dread. Uh, Edward Norton, this movie revolves around Edward Norton's phenomenal performance. He should have been nominated for this. I stand by it. He is he is incredible in this. Um so 25th hour, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I enjoyed this movie a lot. I've been recommended it a lot. So to finally watch it. Um I think this will probably top adaptation overall, I think. Just because it was more of my style. It definitely doesn't feel like a Spike Lee movie. Definitely doesn't feel like it, it feels like a Spike Lee movie with a mere monologue. It a hundred percent feels like a Spike Lee movie there, but it, overall it doesn't because when they're like, Spike Lee is very, very known for when he has a, um, he he likes to hit you in the head with what he's trying to say. Basically, not this a subtle not a subtle. No, he's not a subtle filmmaker. It's not who he is, and that's fine. This one it worked really well. I think Edward Norton is really great. He kind of still gives off every time I see him, especially around this time frame between, like, I would say 97 to now. He gives off the warm vibe from Rounders. It's just who he looks like. Um, the DEA scenes, like, when he gets in there and he just has those moments. He's really quick-witted. Like, how he delivers lines is like that, so it plays really well, especially on the DEA. It just goes, you're going to go down for a lot of time to blah, blah, And he just, like, insults the cops. And he's like, eh, we'll tell the judge we've got a dickhead here. And, like, just sends him away. I thought it was very interesting because the concept of the 25th hour, your final time before you're gone, like, and him having to close things really played really well in this movie. I thought it was really good, well done. And I think it took a lot of the acting performances to be side characters to actually, like, play into that, you know? Because if they weren't as good, that wouldn't mean as much. But the heartfelt stuff, like with Brian Cox and... Um, Rosario Dawson and all of them the closing up the gaps. I'd highly recommend this movie. I think it's really good. Um, I give it about a four star, probably more on rewatch, but overall I'm finally glad it's off my list. Uh, great choice. Everybody else on the 25th hour. Uh, I, I haven't seen it. Uh, Spike Lee isn't really my guy, but from what he explained, sounds like more along the line stuff I'd, I'd like from Spike Lee. So, yeah, yeah this is de if you're not a Spike Lee fan, this is this is definitely a, a palette different, totally palette cleanser than what he's normally used to put down. Gotcha. It's kind of like Inside Man. Like it falls in the same lines of Inside Man. Like not a traditional Spike Lee kind of movie. Jack, I haven't seen it. 
Okay. Also, very sad opening. Super sad opening. Did not mm-hmm. need that. Did not need that at all. Just I was like, ha, huh, ha, huh, where are we at? Who just told me to watch this thing? Um, my dog didn't it's like place it. in the same universe as Do the Right Thing. Did not know that. Um, okay. Um, Jack, what's your two? Uh, my two is Catch Me If You Can. Yikes. Yeah. That's your one. What? Okay. Um, what's your number one, Mark? Uh, two. Yeah. Two. My, my, my two is Signs. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's like, I, I think this is weird, but okay. Yeah, man. To me, this is um I've gone back to Shaman quite a bit as like as especially kind of early stuff. To me, I'd say this is easily his best movie. Like to me it, it's kind of I mean Six Sense is still really good, but I mean I I Hey can't... Todd? What the fuck? Listen, I don't understand it, but listen. I love kind of the front story of mel gibson i cannot get enough of that it is so good a guy like who has lost his faith and kind of going back and forth that throughout the entire movie is so goddamn cool especially especially like the performance that mel gibson gives like i only had a ton of people give mel gibson at least the credit at least for the performance in this movie like he's like especially like I think a lot of it encapsul encapsulates in that scene like when like him and like and his brother like with the kids and they're and they were just watching like the lights go and everybody and like everybody's asleep like that scene itself where they're talking about like the two people like the two types of people the ones that have faith or the one or the ones that you know like get, get in fear to me that is made that's arguably one of the best scenes in the 2000s it is absolutely perfect and just especially like when the aliens are coming at the house and he's telling the kids how they were born like it just there are so many parts of that movie that just come in deeper i get everybody's complaints about the goddamn aliens like you know the water water is their weakness i i get it I'm tired of hearing it. It's like the one kind of lame duck reason I think to not like this movie because every drama aspect of this movie is so goddamn good. Shyamalan is a bad director. I'm going to say it right there. I don't, I literally don't think I like any movie like to a high level like that I would put on a top tier then maybe split, and I don't even put that at that high because I think that's just McAvoy being great. He's a goddamn terrible writer. This script is awful. It is so boring and convoluted and dumb. Do you know that Joaquin Phoenix at one point looks at the kid, looks at the TV that's happening in Mexico and goes, "Move, move, vamanos." They can't hear you. What are you doing? Like they're going to show you the clip. I think it's terrible. I watched this with Mike Hanley, which is probably the biggest defender of Mel Gibson out there. And he said, "He's like that face is 
self-fuckable is what his exact quote was. So you can take that with whatever you want to do. With it. But I overheard that. He even he liked it because he is, and I just couldn't get behind it. I just couldn't get behind it. I think the script is bad. I don't like the concept. Of it. And I also am enjoying. I enjoy Mel Gibson as an actor. I really do. I think he's great in a lot of things. This is just not it. There's a lot of talent in this movie overall. And like the comic, you haven't heard it from me, but I'll help you. The aliens come to a planet that's eighty percent water. What are you doing? Go away. Go to Mars. You know what? What are we? I'm so confused. The best thing was uh, what's her name from Little Miss Sunshine? Uh, Abigail Breslin. Abigail Breslin and her disdain for her for drinking water. That's about the best. This movie drug on, especially the ending. Like, I'm like, how's this fucking over? I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, and then it just, I'm like, oh my gosh. I was blown away when you put this at number two. I haven't seen it since, like, and I don't really remember from that. Like, I didn't really remember watching it. I was like, what's the twist? What are they going to do? Thumb down. Not good. Bad choice. Terrible. He really should just not write his own stuff. I think that's where it boils down to. I think he's a terrible writer. Terrible. And I'm with Michael. I definitely remember Scary, scary Movie 3 over side. And every time they turn to him and they're just sitting there with the tinfoil on their head, I lose it every time. This is so stupid. Uh, you you could sit there and sit in your high horse and judge everybody, and then with Spider Man Two, and you have Super Troopers on signs. Just to let you know, Mark. Everybody else on signs. I haven't seen it. Uh, I've heard it's very mid tier Shyamalan. So you're the first person to tell me otherwise, Mark. Mid tier so, Shyamalan. Is there a high tier Shyamalan? I think uh, you only get split and unbreakable. Unbreakable is overhyped. I'm just saying, but you know, right okay. now. and so is Split. They're all basically all the same way. But go ahead. Yeah, no. Uh, but apparently, Abigail Breslin is in this movie. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is in this movie. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch it sometime, just because I want to watch all of Shyamalan, but I haven't seen it. You're, you're I, forgetting one of the best actors in this movie is a M. Night Shyamalan who gives a fantastic performance. <laughs> really snubbed the Best Supporting Actor. I haven't seen that. I just want to shout out, though, that this is the movie that killed Shyamalan because this is the one where Newsweek had put him on the cover with the caption, The Next Spielberg. This isn't The Village. This is Signs. We're talking about the wrong movie. I'm saying this is the movie where it's the Newsweek. It was it received such praise that they called him the next Spielberg, and the next movie came out was wasn't it The Village? Yeah. Dumpster fire. Um, I mean, Shyamalan made a great film with The Sixth Sense, and then he made Unbreakable, which is in my top 100 for sure. And then he just didn't die, so he kept making movies. It's unfortunate he could have had a great career. I, Mike Hanley told brought back to my mind that he did after earth i forgot he did that shit pile too good lord worst movie i've seen in the theater worst movie. oh all right what's your two boat my number two is gonna be yikes it's catch me if you can yikes oh we'll get to talk about it now <laughs> is that the movie that everybody had on their list yeah yeah that makes sense okay 
Yeah, so uh, Catch Me If You Can was the uh, best Spielberg movie to come out in uh, 2002, in my opinion, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is just a great film. Right from the opening credits with that, that amazing uh, John Williams score and the uh, graphics with the, the figures chasing each other uh, is fantastic. I mean, it's really a great uh, film about a biopic of Frank Abigail, who would pretty much kind of kept conning the system, just kind of trying to fit into everything and kind of go from thing to thing to thing. It's just really fantastic performances from uh, Leo DiCaprio, who I think was probably in his mid to late 20s at the time, and he's playing a believable teenager. Fantastic. Tom Hanks is really good in a supporting role as the uh, agent tracking him down. Uh, I love the scene where he finally tracks him down to the hotel and Leo's able to uh, convince him that he's a Secret Service agent and then just walks right out. It's fantastic. Uh, Christopher Walken is also really good in a supporting role. And uh, there's just a whole lot of uh, real great stuff going on here. It's really, I can just put this on at any time and just watch it and have a good time. Yeah, so let somebody else talk. Uh, yeah, I had this too. Uh, yeah, this is... This is my favorite Spielberg movie. Uh, I think that this movie is so brilliant. One, the I I'm I'm a sucker for the 60s aesthetic. I, I love the way this movie looks. It looks so good. Like the, the, the it's so stylistic, but not in like the showy way. It feels naturalistic when it needs to and stylistic when it needs to. DiCaprio as Frank Abagnale Jr. is fantastic because he has a DiCaprio has a really tough job in this movie because he has to believably be this scared little kid while also believably be the most confident guy in the room. And he pulls it off. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks also has a very tough job because he has to be just likable and unlikable enough, right? He has to. He, he has, he's on this addendum where he needs to be likable enough that we accept that he and Frank are friends by the end and we are kind of rooting for him. But he has to be unlikable enough where we kind of understand that he's kind of this cantankerous jackass. And Hanks is not an actor who I think really can blend the line of unlikability. But anytime he tries, he pulls it off. Uh, he's fantastic. And look, I know I meme him to death. But Christopher Walken is legitimately incredible in this. Specifically, everyone talks about the two mice scene. And, like, that's iconic. That's just an iconic speech. I think the restaurant scene. The scene where his son buys him a dinner at a fancy restaurant. And you can kind of see. He almost feels, he's super proud for his son. But he almost feels emasculated by it. Uh, and I think that he's he plays that contrast to a T. And when he starts breaking down of, like, all the guys on that platoon, who did she pick? She picked me. Who did she pick, Frank? Like, great. Great. I love this movie. I love this movie. Yeah, this was also my number two. Uh, this movie's fantastic. Uh, it's my number three Spielberg uh, the only things above it are Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List. Uh, and these, and, and this movie's just 
fantastic. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is uh, giving one of his best performances in uh, anything I've seen him in. Uh, one of his best. Uh, but uh, I think that, oh, man, uh, Christopher Walken. Uh, Christopher Walken and uh, uh, Road to Perdition. Uh, Paul Newman. Paul Newman. They both lost Best Supporting Actor to Chris Cooper in Adaptation, which right now I'm not very happy about, but I have to watch Adaptation, so I'll do that. But no, this movie's great. Uh, definitely top-tier Spielberg. Uh, yeah, no, great movie. Uh, yeah. Um, listen, like it, it, we, we all had it in our top five. Catch Me If You Can is amazing. I don't know what you're doing if you haven't seen Catch Me If You Can. Just go see Catch Me If You Can. It's incredible. It's the movie that made DiCaprio who he is today. The reason why, you know, we we look at him as I think is a great actor. At least start him on that road. You know, just come on. I mean, I think what started him was Rose. You're so stupid, Rose. Um, I love to be real. Um, and he died really well. Um yeah, Catch Me If You Can from the top 100. I think it's uh, it's on my favorite Spielberg. That's about a giant fish, you know, shark that you know, eats a boat. Um, that would be number one. But Catch Me If You Can is brilliant. That wallet scene, one of my favorite scenes in all of film history. I think it's great. Like, as soon as he gets out of the door and he just pulls all those coupons out, it's just like, oh, now just got him so well. Um yeah, guess me. I've talked this movie to death. I've watched it with people. I haven't watched it. With, I never made that double feature. Damn it! I'll live for the. Um, Bowen will never let me live that down. But um, yes, uh, I've watched this movie numerous times. Catching what we can is just—it's Hanks and Leo at the top of their game, running on all cylinders. So, yeah, I wonder what the number one of the combined list will be. <laughs> I know, sort of. Uh, Jack, what's your one? Uh, my number one. I mean, it's me. It's Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. This movie is just brilliant. I this love... This is Coho's favorite. Oh, I, I, I know, I know. He uh, loves this movie. Loves it to death. Uh, no, this movie's fantastic. Uh, Peter Jackson, the fact that, like, uh, Lord of the Rings is... A renowned book book series and now and the uh just the fact that he adapted it and did it well is an achievement in and of in of itself uh but uh he honestly should have uh the fact that he wasn't nominated for best director at the oscars this year is shameful shameful and uh oh man the uh andy circus's Gollum is honestly phenomenal like great uh like a fantastic performance uh stay stay tuned uh for the top 100 uh performances you may see andy circus on there uh uh no this this is a fantastic movie the battle of helms deep is phenomenal of course it, it's incredible uh very well like incredible battle uh full of great moments like the toss me moment uh with gimli and aragorn uh there's the uh, the last March of the Ents is possibly my favorite part, like discounting the entire Helm's Deep battle sequence. Uh, the last March of the Ents is just so fun. Uh, so fun to watch uh, these giant trees hucking orcs around uh, Isengard. It, it, it's awesome. Uh, and 
Sam, uh, Sean Aston is Sam. He is the uh, the greatest in these uh, these movies. He's fantastic. Uh, that monologue at the end about um, uh, uh, the how it doesn't look uh, doesn't look good for for the heroes, but they but they have to like I'm butchering it, but uh, they have to they they know what they have to do, and uh, so they they just they keep doing it, and I think it, that. Uh, Sean Astin just gives a fantastic performance in this movie. I love this movie to death. It's my number six of all time. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I love this. I had this at uh, number three. Uh, it pretty much it just starts right out the gate with Gandalf falling and fighting to his death. His death. And then it pretty much just uh, keeps going. It doesn't have to worry about setting up anything really story-wise or characters. And you, like you say, you got the trees, you got Gollum. And I think Helm's Deep is probably better than the uh, Battle and Return of the King. This is definitely my uh, favorite of all the Middle Earth films. Uh, yeah, I also... Mark, did you have this higher than me? I didn't have it at all. Oh, okay. Well, you suck. Uh, no, I think that... Uh, to, look, I don't, like, call myself late. I'm not... I don't feel like... Relative to this community, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. But I do really like the first two movies specifically uh and i i think this one is fantastic this one goes back and forth for being my favorite uh between this and fellowship uh, i think helm's deep is legitimately like one of the greatest action sequences of all time like the way that is set up where right like it's just such brilliant action to where it really kind of comes down to Little pieces that represent bigger pieces as a whole. And I think it's just brilliant action battle directing. Battle scenes usually don't work for me. But Peter Jackson directs the heck out of this movie. Uh, this is my favorite Lord of the Rings. It's my number one. Um, I watched the extended editions last year. Um, made it even better, honestly. I still stand by it. I don't know why trivia just doesn't adapt the uh, extended editions as... Trivia, it's more trivia. Would make more sense <laughs> overall. Like, like there's only six movies. You might as well, or seven. You might as well just add the extended edition. You'll have a great no, episode. God, please, no, no, no. You're wrong, Coho. Well, no, it's like that time. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> you walked right into it. I love that he has that clip. Um, you, um, I mean, you watch Harry Potter, you finally you know, love that. So maybe you'll love Lord of the Rings next time you watch it. Um, probably not. Uh, uh, but the other two, like, I love the first one. It builds where it goes. But the, I always said this, like, the second one, the sequel, if you're able to take what the first one gave you and expand on it and make it more, like, that's what it does. And it does a perfect job. Of it. Three, I understand why people love thir third one as their favorite because overall it concludes the story. But at the end of the day, it takes seven years to conclude the story. So overall... I'll take the battle. I'll take the intense stuff. I'll take Helm's Deep over anything. Um, it's just so it begins. Oh, such great points in the entire movie. Love it. Uh, I would honestly be able to watch this one out of all of them whenever. Surprisingly, Hobbit Unexpected Journey I actually like a lot more than most. But um, but this one separate, I could watch this separately from the other two and have a great time watching it. I still just I enjoy so much in Two Towers. It's my favorite. Good choice. 
Um, and yeah, it would be probably my top 100 if I didn't. And just it's hard to separate them, honestly, from they all rank together. All right, Mark, you got one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. What's your number one? It's a really good lead. Although I did not have two towers on the list. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't care. What do you think about two towers? I'll just say really quick, like, probably the best thing that probably came out of me going into fandom is re-watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. As high school me thought those movies were kind of overrated. High school me was incredibly wrong. Uh, it could not have been more wrong. Like, they're great oh, movies. Oh. Yeah, they're great movies. You know, it, and you you can see from the list that exists, Two Towers, number 12. I like the movie quite a bit. Helm with sure. great fucking battle. I reenacted in, that, in my backyard a ton of times. <laughs> All right, Jesus Mark. Christ. You got one shot, one opportunity. <laughs> everything you ever wanted. <laughs> What's your one? If you didn't get it, if you, you don't get it. But number one's eight miles. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I... You know, I'm head on there. I honestly can't quite put my finger on why I like Eight Miles so much. It's just over time, this movie has really just broken me down, and I just love like every aspect about it. I I I, I love like his kind of coming up story. I like all the stuff that happens like at his crappy job at the car factory, like how like beginning he's making excuses, the end like you know he kind of starts learning learning from it. I really like Eminem in this movie. Like it, it, this, his performance in the movie kind of bums me out that he doesn't do more acting. Like, and he, it's like, cause, and I think kind of the scene that gets me there is the one where he goes to, uh, he goes to the radio, to the radio show and he finds his buddy with Brittany Murphy. And then that look that he gives her, like just, he doesn't say anything, but that look that, like the how could you do this to me like look and then he just leaves is phenomenal like and then that that last 15 minutes with you know the rap battle stuff i will watch I, i've maybe seen that ending like fifteen thousand times like i cannot get enough of that ending it is peak cinema to me you know curtis hansen didn't direct a ton of movies but man, like this, with this and LA Confidential, like he made like two of like my favorite movies ever. I, I, but yeah, I, I love Eight Mile. It, I, I, I'm honestly a little shocked it's my one of the year, but man, I, I cannot get enough of it. Mark, we're about the same age. The reason why it's your number one is it just hit at that time. There was nobody bigger than Eminem for especially people growing up my age. Eminem was by far the best. He still is the best rapper that's ever. I stand by that. I will argue that there's nobody that's even come close to him as a rapper. Um, what? There's someone backstage who's giving a thumbs up when I know for a fact that's not his opinion. Because oh, okay. his actual opinion has been mocked to death. Oh, his love. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> no! I will. Shut up, bitch. Okay. No. Shut up, bitch. No! Stop! <laughs> Let me talk. Okay. Um, there's no movie, there's no Mackay Pfeiffer as well. It's still one of my absolute favorite lines in the song ever. I the, the the only problem with this movie is it's the my it's the and it's a nitpicky problem. Is this is the only song that he ever gets brought out to do anymore. 
Like, I love Lose Yourself, I understand, but he is such a discography that is so good. Some you can't sing, I understand. But, like, overall, I would love to see it. Um, I agree with you. I think he's really good in this movie. I, I didn't rewatch it for this because this movie holds, like, a special spot in my my heart and i don't want to revisit it for the sake that maybe it's not as good as i remember but in 2002 cody this thing hits so hard and nothing when the dude shoots himself in the thigh listen and when you think he's going to be like an acting career i agree with you i would love to see him in like house of gucci like bring him back with lady gaga and stuff like that dude there's, i think there's a shot you know no i'm just kidding but uh he could be jared leto um I just, I think Eminem. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I, I'll defend it. You don't, you get a pass for this. If this is a bad movie for some people, I, I get it. But he, in that time frame, there was, there's still nobody. If you, if I see Eminem show up anywhere, it is instantly ten year old, twelve year old me losing my fucking mind. Think the dude's incredible. I I'm still pissed at the Super Bowl halftime show that he did one song. Lost just so upset. Still. Like I fifty cent hanging from the he could fall down. Put him and him back on the stage, please. Um Yeah, but shut your face. Okay, um everybody else on eight mile. Haven't seen it, but lose yourself is great and uh i've never seen the full movie but i have watched the final rap battle scene a countless amount of times it's one of my favorite trivia moments ever in the free for in the first free for all i got asked what is papa doc's real first name actually no it was turmoil it was turmoil and I got to, to flip over. His real name is Clarence. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean I'm pretty much in the same boat with Cody, where I, I loved it back then, but I've been afraid to revisit it since then. But I mean, hey, it's it's the only 2002 movie that was referenced in the 2022 Super Bowl, so that, that stands the test of time. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't it's know. kind of Kendrick Lamar would have referenced Confessions <laughs> of a Dangerous Mind. <laughs> it's kind of like um, it's kind of um. Uh, it's Space Jam. Like I, when I was little, mm. Space Jam was like no one could ever touch Space Jam. I went back and watched Space Jam. It's an abomination, <laughs> and I should have never let it go. So Eight Mile, I can tell you everything about that movie. I know everything about it, and that last scene alone can raise it to like a five star mm. performance. But I will not. I won't. I don't want to revisit it because it's in this. I, it's so good. Um. All right, and. Uh, Let's go to um, Hawaii. Go ahead, Bowman. Mine, yeah. Hawaii. Oh, the coast. Shut up, bitch. Shut up, bitch. What? No, I just. <laughs> okay. Uh, Emotional damage. When he talks to his counselor in like five years, it's going to definitely be. So there's this <laughs> guy with a red beard named Cody, and it's going to be. Months of therapy. Go ahead, talk about Lilo and Stitch. Anyway, uh, Lilo and Stitch is in my top ten of all time. Uh, I I love this movie. I love this movie, and it comes down to I love the character of Lilo. I think Lilo is legitimately like one of the best written characters of all time, and one of the most realistic like kids in movies ever. 
like she's not perfect, but she like it feels like kids in movies are either perfect little angels or like precocious little like whatever, or they're evil demon children, and there's no real in between. Uh, and Lilo just feels Lilo just feels like a real kid, and the emotional stuff in this movie. When it's, it's specifically the dynamic between Lilo and Nani, of Nani clearly is someone who cares about Lilo, but is also like really not equipped to be Lilo's mom because she's not Lilo's mom. She's Lilo's sister, and she feels really uncomfortable in this dynamic. Uh, but she she doesn't want. Lilo to go somewhere else either and I think that's really complicated and we're dealing with that in a movie with goofy looking aliens like let's appreciate that for a moment uh, on the goofy looking aliens I love the aliens in this Stitch is obviously great Stitch is an iconic character but come on Jumba and Pleakley great duo I've been called Pleakley before because I am like that's fair uh, save the mosquitoes, like the mosquito population. Educate yourself. Great, great. Uh, I I love all the stuff with them. Try. I love when Stitch attacks Bleakley's head at the restaurant. That is such. A, it's a kind of a gruesome scene, actually, but it's so ridiculous. It's funny. Your knuckles say cobra. Vin Rames is giving this movie like 11. And he is so like intense in this movie and it's great. Love this movie. Animation looks beautiful. Like the watercolor backgrounds. Chef's kiss. Was that the only one or is he? I, I had had it at five. All right, go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, this... Um, this movie's great. Uh, it, I'm very upset with myself because I hadn't seen it until last year. I had somehow gone my entire childhood without seeing this movie, but I saw Brother Bear countless times. Uh, no, this movie's phenomenal. It's uh, easily like, well, okay, second funniest Disney movie that's been made. Emperor's New Groove is just above it. But uh, no, uh, I love. I love the character of Lilo. I love Stitch. Uh, I think Stitch is just, he's so great uh, with no big city. Like when he realizes uh, that there's, there's no big cities for miles and miles and they're stuck on this Island and he just like completely just has this breakdown. I, 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 I was, I was laughing at that. I, I, I also love how he like recreates San Francisco only to just destroy it seconds later. Uh, no, I, I love, I love, uh, Stitch so much, but no, uh, Lilo and Nani, honestly, one of the most heartwarming and, uh, heartbreaking, uh, relationships in a Disney movie, because you, you can tell that they do care for each other, but, uh, but with, without parents there, uh, Nani may not be the best person to be taking care of Lilo and it, and Ving Rhames is just so much fun in this movie. Uh, have you ever killed anyone? We're getting off the subject. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love, I love Bing Rames in this movie. He's phenomenal. Cobra Bubbles is like an all-timer Disney character for me. Uh, love it to pieces. 
yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll triple down on Ving Rhames. Like just his his deadpan voice style, it just cannot it it, it can't be topped. It, it, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah, the the only thing I'll kind of reiterate is you know, and I think kind of you, you both kind of touched on it. And I think that's probably just an aspect of I think most Disney movies. I think just, but this is one I think I notice a lot in this one. It is really not afraid just to be sad, like and just be sad and just kind of stay sad. That you know, it, it it makes no illusion that you know, like Lilo and Nani's lives are kind of destroyed right now, and we're just kind of watching them kind of pick up the pieces. And yeah, like stitches going on pretending to be Elvis. And, you know, it's funny. And, you know, like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Ving Graham's characters killed some people, but you know, who cares? But you know, they're, you know, their parents are still dead and, you know, they're, we're still kind of dealing with the fallout of that. And I, I really like that aspect about this movie and you know, the, the emotional stuff is really great. And it's the stuff that it's the aspects of that movie that keep it timeless. Uh, Lilo's in my top 10. Disney movies. I think it's six at this point. I think it was Lion King, Beauty and the, uh, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Tangled. Yeah, I think it's close. Uh, Encanto's climbing up there too. Um, overall, I, I'm, I love Encanto right now. But Lilo and Stitch tells just a hard story that's actually just like, is Nani the best fit for Lilo? No, but is what she needs at this moment? Yes. Like, that's what the story is basically there. Um, I'll stand by it. I think it's just more situational comedy that makes sense in this one. This one has the most heart, but also the funniest. I think this is now my funniest Disney movie because when it's funny, it hits so hard. Uh, I think the Pudge the Fish stuff is like tear worthy almost at the beginning. Like I've quoted that in my entire childhood, like growing up. I've said that to numerous people. Um, the dis- does she ever discipline you? Oh, all the time. Like five times a day. Sometimes brick. Like, like so good. And like like it was dead this morning. It was dead. <laughs> well, we thought so. Like that entire sequence is so good. We don't have a lobster door. We have a dog door. Um the only thing weird about this is always, but I guess it's probably probably set like situated like uh, Hawaii with the Elvis stuff is just like so incorporated, which is just weird to me. It's the only thing that's the weird part of this movie. Plinkly and Jumba is just so good. Like, just I love, I love it. Uh, basically, some could say two people that are similar to both of them are running movie Warzone in multiplex right now. Uh, like, it's kind of crazy. I've never thought about that. <laughs> me, Jumba, you, Plinkly, I can see it all the time. He's a monstrosity. Like I absolutely like when he's like sitting there. He's like, does he have a brother? Um, <laughs> friendly cousin. Yeah, so. Maybe I also, I also wish they brought back the fat guy with the ice cream cone. That just like <laughs> I wish he could just show up in other movies. Like that was always the funny part for me. Leland sets great movies. He's in the show. He's in the uh, show. Well, yeah, it stopped at the movie. I'm not watching the really crazy shit that you guys watch and assume that it's good. Not doing it. Not not doing it. Not no matter how great it is. Nope. I also don't watch MCU movies uh, shows because I don't care about that shit either. Um, Matt, but they're important. You were watching Orange County while we were all growing up and watching them, so I understand why this is not on your list. But why? Yeah, I, I actually just finally sat down and watched this like maybe a couple of years ago because I, I missed like a few trivia questions on it. 
and now I know why there were so many trivia questions on it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, th this was nothing at all what I expected it to be, and I really, really enjoyed it. I think that if I had had the time to rewatch it before, I could have put it on my list. Trick to movie war zone, just to let everybody know. I'll let you in on a little secret. Find out who our writers are and then try to look at the top rated movies. And there's a chance the question may could come from some of those. Not saying it will, but there's a chance. Albert Brooks. Um, uh, but, uh, okay. I think that was a show, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. crazy? Guess what? You all just got gold stars. You guys are welcome back whenever you like to come back. Let's do it. Um, so before we go on the list, next week, I don't we don't have many people watching, but I wish that I could get athletes. If not, me and Cole will talk right after this. We might recycle one from like our first like 10 episodes that we only had three panels and maybe bring somebody and do a redux of one of those because there are some really good ones that we did, like unnecessary sequels. Um, uh, non MCU, which would be really interesting without like, without the two, three people I did because they, I remember that episode, they did 28 for 30 of the same movies. There were only <laughs> two movies that were not the same between the three of them. It was awful. Pixar characters might be also interesting to read up, um, but we'll talk about it. Um, but if you don't send me an athlete's list, I'd love to do that episode still. If not, we'll pick something else. We'll move on. Um, if not, you might see a decade show up on the, or a day, a year show up and send me a list. Um, next is movie posters. Again, going to be a simple, you don't even have to watch a movie, but if you like a movie poster, send it in. I thought it was a fun topic. I'm not getting many. Jake Marangoni is the only one right now, so interesting. Directors to remake a classic. One director to remake a classic. Just put them in there, see what it was. Think they could be good. I figure that one's going to be a replacement too. Best of 2000s Oscars edition. If you didn't see our 2010, it was a lot of fun. I would love to do it with a different panel. But I do have four people that will definitely come back. Besides Coho. Coho was on that episode. He's locked. So, anybody else? Al Pacino movies with Kirk. Sydney so Lillette didn't work. We'll see it. I need it by March 1st if you're going to do acting performances. I need at least a, like a hard, a rough draft as close as possible so I can start doing it. Um, because I got to watch a lot of things for that. Uh, top 100 performances, uh, and scenes is coming later this year, and musicals is top 40. So, there's things you can work on. Our whole list is on Facebook. Um, now, do I give her? I'll give out grades first, right? I give out grades first. I don't yes. know how the show works. Coho, this is why I keep Coho. I have no clue what I'm doing. He is the literally the puppet that controls the angry guy. First place. Caleb Boatman, B+. Plus. Um, he had Spirited Away and Punch Drunk Love. But overall, I had fun um, with your list. I couldn't argue with a, a few of them. Two Towers. Next up. Oh, sorry. You did not win. There there was a the, – sorry. This has been a mistake. It's Jack Pinchuk. Jack Pinchuk actually won what? this week. Jack Benchuk had Spider-Man. He had Insomnia. He had the most close to mine. The only problem he had was Treasure Planet at 10. You had Spirit Away, and I'm not a big Spirit Away fan. So, yeah, Jack Pinchuk actually wins with a – actually, uh, I'm going to give you an A-. minus. I think the only weak part of your list is 10. All your list. 
Paulie Lewis. Next up, Bowman. That'd be <laughs> just figured away. I read your list. I looked at it. I, I thought you had better than you did. Why did I get demoted from a B plus to a B? Shut up, bitch. Thank you so much for that. Next up is um, Matt. Matt was super close. If I was, if I saw Orange County when I did, and adaptation, it was fine. Uh, uh, that's not your that. Oh yeah, that you took City list. of God. Yeah, you took whatever. Um, but overall, I think you had like a, I think you had like a B minus, and then. Um, Mark gets last. Uh, Mark signs is just terrible. Super Troopers, I'd rather not. About the boy, weird choice. And 28 days later, just weird. I'd give you about a C, C minus. Uh, combined list. Catch me if you can, number one. Lord of the Rings, Skyers, number two. Lilo and Stitch, 25th hour. Spirited Away, Minority Report, Punch Drunk Love, Adaptation, uh, Eight Mile, Signs. Matt would have beat Bowman if he didn't have Punch Drunk Love higher. That would have been the thing. You had Punch Drunk Love. You can't act like you're a suburb. That's a terrible movie. Terrible. Um, correct list would have been this. I did Catch Me If You Can, Road to Perdition, Spider-Man, Lord of the Rings, Leland Stitch, Harry Potter, Minority Part, Insomnia, Jackass. And I put John Q. Because movie, not a great top-tier Denzel performance in that movie. I would tell everybody. So... We get to go home early tonight, Coho. This is a great night. Everybody, please send your list in for stuff if you want to do the show. Um, and again, if you don't send the list, maybe me and Coho just hop on call and just yell at people about their stuff in their community. So we can do that. All right. Everybody have a great night. Thanks for everybody being on. See you next week. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Your guilt has been determined. This is merely a sentencing hearing. Now, what will it be? Death or exile? You better lawyer up, asshole. Because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. Sold! Normally, I would say Alfida Zin. But since what Alfida Zin actually means is till I see you again. And since I never wish to see you again to you, sir, I say goodbye.